Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we've had a tweet from Andy. Very pressing because he's just come on just before we start the recording. Says, uh, Richard, is the Monday at 6 p.m. slot now lost and gone forever with the podcast? I've been a bit all over, over the place the last uh, in the recent weeks, but I'm not 100% sure what your regular slot is at the moment. We don't know, Andy. We don't know. He was supposed to be uh, live today, but uh, our our friend, Mr. Scofield, couldn't make it. So uh, that's why we're not live because he has to be live because he'll. Yes. I, I can't edit him out then if he says something. Um, it, it, but he has no Zoom. No, no, he has no, no editing skills. Either. Vava, vava Zoom. Right. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, much, uh, much, much we, like many explains, like he can't edit himself. But uh, they... <laughs> we we don't know when we're going to be on Andy. No, the, the plan is Monday at six, but it's not always the uh, it's not always the case. The, the fact is, Andy, and this is you know, the numbers who watch us live. They're not add up to the numbers who watches. Um, well, not even watches live, but watch the recording, but listen to the podcast. More people listen to the podcast than ever watch live. So that is the main thrust of things. And it just... After the last... what well, we're two years into this thing now, aren't we? We're, nobody's got a clue anymore of what, what time is. So the, the aim is that I've always got Mondays off, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there'll be a podcast at six o'clock on a Monday. Um, and we're, we're going live again next week. Uh, we will be in Leeds. Uh, I know people are sick of us in uh, West Yorkshire, but you can't get rid of us. Uh, when I say West Yorkshire, the do we have postcodes and Leeds? That's that's it. We don't go to Huddersfield. That's, that's too far away. Uh, but we will be live in Leeds. Let me get the uh, details up. Uh, not talking rugby, well, talking rugby league, but not talking rugby league, if you will. Uh, because we're talking about uh, something different. Do, do we know who's on the panel yet, or can we not reveal any of them? We know, we know some who are. We're still oh, right. waiting to hear from others. We're, we're talking. We, we, we know um, journalists and a professor. There you go. We're talking local sports reporting, which I realise now I used to do. Um, not not in a flippant sense, but I did used to uh, send copy into the local newspaper about my little team. And uh, obviously used to be on the local radio a long time ago. But... We're talking about the uh, the world of newsprint and such, and those funny coloured newspapers. Did you have a funny coloured newspaper in Leeds, Phil? Greenan. Greenan. I know there's a Greenan in Sheffield because he used to get it when he used to go to the hockey. But um, the green, the Green Post. It was. It was part of the Yorkshire Evening Post, and we used to call it the Greenan. And it'd be available in Leeds uh, city centre when we walk back from Headingley after a game. It's amazing, isn't it? Especially when uh, journalists moan about deadlines uh, today with kickoffs at eight o'clock. Um, how, how, how did they get? How, how did that work? How did they get them done? Well, we're going to find out um, next Tuesday. The details are on our Twitter. I will put the link in the description to the program if I remember as well. But I'm looking forward to that because I've got no idea what we're going to learn, which will be very exciting. And looking at the picture of Leeds Central Library, library, it looks very grand. 
they closed down the, the library in my village. It didn't look like that. It was some porter cabins, but uh, I've never been into Lee Central Library, actually, so I'm, I'm Oh, you'll love forward. it. You'll love it, because it's the reference library as well and the Tiled Hall Cafe, and it's linked to the Henry Moore Sculpture Gallery. It's, it's a fine piece of architecture. Back when I started um, in radio, which is 20 years ago this year, I was one of my tasks um, to get my foot in the door was to go to the local reference library in Wakefield, uh, which has moved now, and go through the uh, the microfiche of the mm. local newspapers to find tidbits of information, such as house prices and things in shops that don't exist anymore that people will remember, like people from Wakefield remember Cosmetique and Ooby-Doo and Avaganda, um, but also like when... Um, Reese Dinsdale started on Home to Roost because he's from Normanton, or when a local couple appeared on Every Second Counts and it made the local news. So that, that was one of my first th- forays into radio. Now that radio station's been eaten by heart. So all that hard work in the bin. Well, they, they pay me expenses, so that, that was nice. <laughs> Uh, which which more than I get these days. Uh, <laughs> um, Josh Charlie's confused, Phil. He's he's, he's tweeted right, and he's not mm-hmm. he's not tweeted the RFL, even though they're on Twitter. I know that. Can someone from the RFL call me and explain why I'm banned for two games? He asked. Well, and, and all he needs gone on the website. They tell yes. me. Yes, all he needs to do is have a look at the charge sheet. It's there. <laughs> these players on social media, they they they, they need to they need to learn what they're doing because they don't know what they're doing. There is a a growing debate about um, whether or not we are um, having too many of our star players on the sidelines um, because the crackdown on uh, head high tackles and or taking out the the playmaker late um, is is more worthy of dealing with as perhaps a penalty or an on report than than a ban. Um, I think there's a lot of prominent people coming out saying we get it we we fully understand player welfare we now we 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 fully understand why it's been bought in but there's no allowance so if somebody is challenging for a high ball or they are slipping into a tackle or that you know that there is absolutely no intent whatsoever um but the position that you put yourself in to make what would have been a legal tackle proves to be slightly illegal that that should be penalised um, has to be probably uh, deemed to be deliberate to be sin binned, but shouldn't necessarily automatically carry a ban as well. So I think that that's something we're going to hear a lot more about. Well, I'm not sure necessarily whether you can say, um, "Oh, he shouldn't be banned because he's famous." But you know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know that I know the point. I want to see actually why um, uh, Max Joe got two games for other contrary behaviour. See if we can find out what's he done. Was he singing out of tune? Uh, all he says is behaves in any way contrary to the true spirit of... Well, how do I find out? How do I find out properly? Um, well, you know I've got sympathy for Josh Charlie because I'm on the website and I can't find <laughs> it either. It's not the... Uh, it's not always the most user-friendly of, of things. But no, I can't find it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's been banned for being from Wakefield. Um, that, that's what I'm going to go with anyway. So, so Josh, I'm fully behind you. Your, your conspiracy here. Um, congratulations to Matt Pate, who's been named as Betfred Coach of the Month for February in a, a release embargo until 7 pm, which after 7 pm, so I can read it now. I think I think he did play his first get out of jail free card on Saturday <laughs> night. Well, that one didn't count, so it's okay. Um, because it was rounds one to three. He ah, was... of course, that was in March, so yeah, uh, um, he deserves it. I think he, he um, the transformation we've seen in uh, in not only just Wigan on the field with a little bit more flair about them, but off the field with the way that they're engaging with the community, with the media. I mean, it's, it's little things like they, they put out the video just before the game in Toulouse of uh, Abbas Miski, who uh, Lebanese winger making his debut for them. Um, and they flew his sister over from, um, I, th- I think she, she lives in Australia. And... Um, they hadn't seen each other for two years, which you know he didn't know anything about it, and you know that kind of thing generates spirit, camaraderie, puts Wigan back in the heart of the community, and I think Matty Pete's been a real driver of all of that, and and good luck, you know, I, I'm all all power to him as well. 
I would say they're taking the leaf out of Silla Black, surprise, surprise, or this is your life or something. But I, I assume no one on the media team at Wigan is old enough to remember either of those programmes, which is probably for the latter, not, not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I'm trying to think of the other news. Oh, yeah, mentioning coaches, mentioned Wigan there. Uh, Ellery Hanley. We had a discussion before we came uh, and recorded last week about who the Combined Nations coach was going to be. None of the names we mentioned, which I think was two of them, uh, was Ellery Hanley. And there he is now. He's back in the game again. I saw a letter in the paper saying, well, what's he know about modern rugby league? It's one game. You know? <laughs> uh, and he's the, 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 the coach of, as Scott called them, the combined uh, journeymen a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if he'd say that to Ellery's face now. but um... Oh, no, he's bullying up Ellery now. Oh, that's a great appointment. A great appointment. Great appointment. Great appointment. Um, I think the thing about Ellery is that th- this is a figurehead game, isn't it? It's like you're trying to bring a, uh, a composite of people together and give them meaning. Um, and Ellery does all of that. You know, Andrew Henderson will do the, uh, this is what we'll do off the edge of a scrum kind of thing. And Ellery will just get them all in the dressing room and speak to them for five minutes. They'll go out and run through a wall because that's what Ellery does. And, uh, you know, I saw him interviewed um, when he was appointed and, and he will say and do all the right things. But other than that, the fact that he's saying anything, it'll get reported because, as we've said, ad nauseam, he is still one of the few people, when you say the words rugby and league, they go, oh, I've heard of Ellery Hatley. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's still been the, um, the chairman of the Steve Prescott Man of Steel panels. Um, he, he says, and, and, and I think, you know, to, to be involved in something like that, he watches every game. It might not be live, but um, I think he was at Wakefield on Thursday, though. Um, he, you know, he, he sees every game. So what, what does he need to know more about modern players and coaching? And the thing about that team is you don't really know who's playing in, in that side until the day before. Um, so it's motivated him. It's given him a reason. And he has always been fantastic at that. So his coaching career goes Great Britain gap, St. Helens gap, Doncaster, doesn't it? That, that's the, that, yeah, yeah. I think he was player coach at Leeds, like a like, you know, player assistant coach yeah. under, under the man whose name can never be mentioned when there's a certain somebody within the vicinity. Um, so, yeah, I think part of the, uh, the fee that was paid for him when he came over from Wigan was to, to give him that initial leg up into coaching. So, uh, yeah, he was an assistant at Leeds. Well, she still had that little bit of hair at the front. That, that, was, that was that was a great. I, I like that. That was great. Um, I'm trying to think of any other news this week. There's been, um, of course, the the World Series Super League started, so that that's good. Let me get the results of that. And the Women's Challenge Cup starts this week. Wheelchair two two results the same. Sixty six wow. twenty eight in two of the two of the three games. You always get uh, that points. That's the good thing. Victories for Warrington and Wigan um, in their inaugural appearances in that guise and uh, Leeds beat North Wales Crusaders 70-20 on the uh, start of their um, attempt to retain the treble and um, uh, played in their new surroundings of Leeds back at university and Ewan Clibben scored six tries. So this week it is uh, Wigan versus Warrington and Halifax versus Leeds on Saturday on Sunday, London versus the North Wales Crusaders. Uh, it says in the paper. Oh, got, got the women's fixtures in. Um, no, apparently not. I can't see them anyway. <laughs> probably somewhere in the front. Uh, where if you play Castleford or at Castleford on Sunday, which I'm hoping to pop to. Um, that's my plan anyway. We'll see. Um, I don't know any of the other fixtures. Uh, I mean, I could go on the RFL website, which I was just on, but um, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm no, maybe I'm just being thick. I can't see. Anyway, um, there's some fixtures. Go on the RFL website and uh, patronise it, if you will. Um, last week started on Monday with Lee beating witness, but we mentioned that because we recorded on Tuesday. Um, is there any other news that I, I've completely forgotten about? I was going to ask Scotty about Shane Warne, but obviously he's not here, so I'll ask him uh, next week. I'll forget because I'm sure he must have cross paths him at some point. Oh, I, sure. I would have thought in a, in a bar together at some stage. As a as a sporting icon, um, one that is obviously. Um, <laughs> um, the, uh, the the weekend started on Thursday as uh, Leeds started a great week, winning in the wheelchair super league, winning in the netball, 
and winning in actual Super League for men. As they picked up their first win of the season, beating out of sorts Wakefield Trinity, who uh, were obviously robbed by the referee being 30 0 down at half time. Um, lots of uh, conjecture, Phil. At least we won the second half. So that, that's, that's always a positive. Um, <laughs> Tom Johnston uh, sticking two fingers up to the England selectors by scoring a try in the 80th minute. Ash Hanley sticking three fingers up by, by scoring a hat trick. <laughs> in fairness to uh, the decision not to pick Ash Hanley, I know he scored about a billion tries over the past two years. Wing is one area, and, and Johnson goes this as well. Wing is one area where we are very much oversubscribed with talent. If they can retrain as something else, and I know um, Wayne Bennett didn't seem to think so and stuck Blake Austin out there, but if they could retrain as something else, it'd be much more helpful for us. Yeah, I think the um, I don't, I don't know. The, the thing to to say about Wakefield is under Willie Poaching, they are a lot more spirited. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, it would have been very easy thirty nil down at half time in pouring rain to say that there's nothing here to achieve. We've got a huge game next week against Toulouse. What we need to do is, um, you know, just preserve ourselves, but they didn't, you know, the second, yeah, you say they won the second half and that doesn't mean anything, but what it does show is that there's a real commitment. I think the problem was they started so badly and and, and part of that was down to the intelligence of Leeds that they realised that not only were, um, you know, Wakefield playing two second rows in the centre, but that their strength that night was to get the ball wide as quickly as possible, not get drawn in the middle and use the speed in those sort of fringe positions of, I think Jack Walker had his best game for a while, Ash Handley and, and clearly Harry Newman, who was virtually unstoppable every time he carried the ball until he went off with a, with a hamstring tweak, to then lose Jacob Miller after three or four minutes and, and not come back, which not only meant you lost your pivotal player in the middle of the field, but really affects your interchanges when, when, when a player goes off. And, and Miller isn't a guy that you're ever going to substitute. So that means that a lot of players have got to pay um, a lot more minutes, which you, you hadn't anticipated. I think if you then add in to the fact that Wakefield had come off going to Catalan and then playing St. Helens. So they played the top two teams in consecutive weeks and performed really well against both of them. It wasn't a surprise that they were lacking energy. Um, what, what Leeds did better than they have in any other game this season was capitalise on that in the first 20, 25 minutes and put, put the game to bed early on. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into that as a Wakefield performance. Um but it has ratcheted up the pressure for the match this week, especially with Toulouse going so close to, to getting their first one. Yes, um, lots of pressure on uh, Friday night. That'll be fun. Um, so that was uh, Leeds are out of crisis. That's the, uh, <coughs> that's the, that's the good news. Um, as they go to just outside the playoffs uh, in the Super League table. There's nothing more to say on that game. Uh, there's not really much to say about Hull KR versus St. Helens because St. Helens... Won forty two eight sounded you know sounded from the uh, reports they were just St Helens and Hulkear couldn't do anything to stop them. Now, some people may be concerned Hulkear haven't had a great start to the season. They've only won one from four, but you're again matching expectations with their overperformance last year. Certainly overperforming against expectations last year. I think the. Um... The thing to focus on, uh, it, it was, in, again, really tough conditions, very, very wet throughout, uh, quagmire underfoot. But Saints still played a, a fantastic brand of rugby. Um, and, and obviously, we, we can't possibly mention there will be another issue of 4020 magazine out uh, by the end of this week. But putting that together, um, speak to columnist Louis McCarthy Scarsborough, and I asked him if this is the best start to a season in terms of the way that they're playing um, that he's known in all the time he's been there, which is what, 13 years. And so he's witnessed the, you know, this great run. And he said, he said, it probably is that, you know, they, they've, they've been to hold twice, which is never easy places to go, particularly early in the season, particularly when the conditions are unfavorable and both occasions they've come away with spanking wins. Um, you know, that, they haven't had to change their team other than for a suspension. Um, they, I think they're going to have another one now with Conrad Hurrell. So the, 
they're not picking up injuries. They're brilliantly conditioned. They're um, everybody knows the roles that they've got to play. Hull KR at the moment aren't at that level. Um, you know, they, even last year when they when they finished so strongly, they started slowly. They 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 built into the season. Um, they just came up against a team that that blew them off the park. And uh, you know, when they get everybody fit, everybody out, Lachlan Coop, you know, fully into integrated into their team, then uh, they will be fine. But they just came up against a team that was too good, too strong. Satan's going to do that to more teams than Hull KR this year. That is something we do know for sure. Um, also on Friday, the TV game, Warrington 18, Catalans 24. Big result for Catalans. Was the first win for Catalans away at Warrington in the dog's age? Or 11, 11 years. Yeah. There you go. That was a stat. And, uh, you know, a very impressive performance from the uh, the Catalans. Lots of cards. That was good. Uh, 9,000 there. That wizard and the dragon thing, that was a bit naff. Um, it, it's a bit like when Leeds had uh, Ronnie the Rhino dressed up as someone from Star Wars battling Darth Vader, but not as good because that involved Ronnie the Rhino. Um, but on the pitch, outplayed, scoreline probably flatters uh, Warrington with those two late tries from Josh Charnley. Um, yeah, good performance from the Catalans and uh, continue where they left off last year in terms of picking up wins away from home, especially after they were disappointing week one and then they've won three in a row now. They were absolutely outstanding and, and they almost reminded us why we should... Um, assume that because they got to the grand final last year that that they've learned from that and and almost have have put that that hurt in a locker somewhere to say you know we're going to try and avenge that at some point um yes i think they they perhaps got their tactics wrong in in round one when they played st helens and looked for the overly physical they may have got away with a result against wakefield but i think they probably were just about always in charge in that game. They were never comfortable. Um, they showed a real dogged spirit and determination in beating Leeds. And they were better than that in, in defeating Warrington because not only was uh, was Samkins missing, but Fuad Yaha pulled out um, in the warm-up. So, you know, the, there's some some great performances that, that you know, Mike McMeekin was, was rightly praised for moving up into the forwards for the last couple of weeks and, uh, you know, into the front row and, and making a huge contribution. But behind him, you got like Ben Garcia making 50 tackles a match as, as captain. You know, Arto Romano coming back in after injury and, and uh, you know, making loads of metres, scoring a try. Uh, Romain Franco in there as well, didn't expect to be playing. And these are the kind of players that, you know, if you can call them into a squad and they can get you a result at Warrington, that's why we should take Catalan seriously. Um, there, there were two schools of thought at the beginning of the season. One was they won't be able to match their endeavours. Um, that was their shot. Um, the other was every year they're going to get a little bit better and the more taste they get of the big occasions and the trophies that they get their hands on, the longer this is going to last. And, and I, I just thought from their point of view, they looked like a really, really well-drilled, settled team that knew exactly again what, Everybody's role is uh, Tyro may uh, slipped in at, at fullback and look incredibly accomplished. Um, and that's what they bought him for, for his versatility. And, and he, he'll play somewhere else next week and, and be equally as effective, but it might be as a centre or a winger. Uh, I, I thought Drinkwater bossed the game when he needed to as well. Pierce is clearly finding his feet. Uh, but the worry from a Warrington point of view would be it exposed the failings that they've shown in all the previous years that they, they haven't won anything that when they get to, you know, it, it, they're great at beating teams in the run up to the matches that are really, really big and matter the most. And then the ones that are marker matches where you're trying to make a statement, something is missing. Um, and, and a lot of Warrington people are telling us whether, you know, whether we've seen it with our own eyes or not, that there just seem to be a couple of big forwards light at the moment. Uh, in those matches, you know, when they need to wrestle control back, that they perhaps haven't got that. Uh, but it's early days. They're, they've got a huge test against Saints. Um, interestingly, a game that they won this time last year. Um, so there's no reason why they can't win it. But, um, yeah, Daryl Powell, I think, who will have known the size of the job that he's inherited, uh, just got a little reminder um, last week. And when they do lose on Friday, we can all say, oh, Daryl Powell, is he under pressure now? There's your narrative for next week sorted. Um, so if you tune in next Monday at six to find out, after which <laughs> Warrington will have won 40 points to nil or something. 
um, on Saturday afternoon. What Saturday afternoon was it? At the uh, John Smith. Oh, no, it was Sunday, sorry. Um, on Saturday in France, in a game that no one saw apart from the uh, Wigan TV commentators in their houses uh, and people in Toulouse. 5,466 of them. Toulouse nearly beat the mighty Wigan. It was nearly the, the, the coach of the month curse before it had been announced. They might have had to change their mind. The panel would have had to gone, say, no, change it. Put, put Christian Wolf's name back in. Uh, but uh, Wigan, jammy as ever. Last minute uh, <laughs> drop goal. <laughs> they get the uh, win uh, over Toulouse. Very difficult to comment on this game because we haven't seen it, obviously, in full. Um, but... That's got to be a good marker for Toulouse that they can a lead for a long time against a good side in Wigan, and that they're starting to put something together now after all the disruption at the start of the season. Well, I think the first question you've got to ask is why haven't we seen it? Yeah, the, the, there is no excuse really for a Super League game that doesn't have coverage. I could watch. Um, Oxford University versus Cambridge University, of which, not, I don't know, does anyone care outside of the, the students involved? Um, I don't know. And the same goes for the boat race and the uh, the varsity rugby union match, which neither should be on TV either. But that's elitism for you. Um, but anyway, back to the point. Yes, it is weird in uh, 2022 that we can't... What's going on? What's going on? Well, it, it raises a question of... Um... Clearly, we haven't got the television deal that we hoped we might get with two French teams in Super League. But also, this perhaps was an ideal opportunity for even for Super League in its realigned state, whatever that means, um, to have maybe gone to the, the major broadcaster and said, can we have this game live on YouTube? You know, you can have it all yeah. branded up and you know, it can be a, uh, you know, sponsored by Sky Sports or whatever. But actually, if there were pictures and if those pictures were being beamed back for uh, commentators um, for, for Radio uh, Wigan or, or Radio Wigan Warriors, um, which a lot of people were listening to because that was the only way that they could keep up with what was happening. The more you saw the social media scores coming in, the more you wanted to actually hear the action unfolding. So great. Hats off again to Wigan for coming up with an ability for people to follow the match. But we missed an opportunity there because that sounded like the game of the weekend, but nobody saw it. Uh, that should have been on YouTube. I think um, Toulouse showed um, great fighting spirits come back from 10-0 down early on. You know, you, you saw the first couple of tries go and you thought, yep, yeah, Wigan will win by 50 here. Um, and actually then 28-16 up, I think Toulouse were with maybe eight or nine minutes to go and, now, credit to them for putting in a, a, a performance where people are now saying they're starting to find their feet, but also credit to Wigan, because I think to find a way to win when uh, it looks it looks as though it's moved away from you says a lot about that Matty Peat team. I, I don't think we should underestimate that not only did they manage to um, you know, find the move to get them up the right end of the field to drop the goal, but for, again, listening to a bit of it and seeing some of the um, uh, the information coming in as it was happening, it sounded as though they never panicked. They never lost their shape. Um, they knew exactly what Matty P expected of them and how to go about achieving it. Um, and Harry Smith, who apparently didn't have the best of games, was in the right place at the right <laughs> time to win it for them. And I, I think Wigan will actually get more out of that than, than even Toulouse will. And of course, Wigan are in France all this week, aren't they? Because yeah. they're away in Catalan at the weekend and... Uh, They've turned it into a mini mini camp. I hope it's still sunny for them. I mean, I don't know what the weather's like in France, but I hope it's. I hope they have a nice week. Um, the, um, the you mentioned the realignment. I didn't mention that in our exciting news roundup because I can't, um, did, who cares? did that happen? Yeah. Well, did it happen before <laughs> or after last week? I can, the thing about it is that a it hasn't happened yet. It's got to be voted on at the end of March by. Uh, the clubs, there's going to be a, an extraordinary general meeting. B, there's very little actual detail in there other than a joint venture company is being um, uh, set up with five independent directors to look after the commercial marketing of the game, which I think is something that our good friend Mr. Davidson uh, wrote about, oh, probably at the turn of the year. Yes. Um, but I, I don't think any of us really know how having a third body now that sits almost between the RFL and Super League um, solves your governance issue or actually just makes it more complicated. I can't say when the uh, press release came through, I was like, oh, I've got to read this in between 
bits of work. I, I read it three times and I'm still not 100% sure who is making all the decisions in the game. I'm not sure it's of the major importance to the fan in general, week in, week out, who turns up to watch the game, that we're bullying up the fact that there's probably going to be some more jobs for people. Um, well, more um, interestingly is the strategic working group, um, which needed that realignment to go through to make their proposals, um, which, again, you can read about in four yes. pages of detail in the new 4 to 20 magazine, um, <laughs> is... Um, looks like it's going to partner with uh, what was IMG and is now Endeavour, Endeavor, um, not Morse. I was saying this, Inspector Morse. <laughs> and uh, IMG, of course, are doing the, an arm of IMG are doing the Channel 4 coverage, which everybody's very excited about. Um, so, yeah, that, that could be a real positive if within that framework of setting up this joint venture company comes the partnership with Endeavour stroke IMG. But we have yet to see or hear that. Everyone's rebranded themselves from initials into things these days. I don't know why. So when I'm going down one of those rabbit when uh, the Royal Mail became consignia for a bit, that kind of thing, and everyone was just a post office, isn't it, or whatever it was. Um, so that was uh, <laughs> that was Toulouse versus Wigan. Well done, Toulouse, nearly winning. Don't don't do it on Friday, please. Come on now. Don't spoil it. I think I'm going to be there in the stands on Friday night. That's my plan. I think you'll anyway. enjoy it. I think you will enjoy it because there's a lot riding on it. I think Wakefield are are metamorphosizing themselves into um, a team that, as the season go on, will get harder and harder to beat. Um, what we don't want, if Toulouse were to win, um, and, and we're not doing predictions, but I think Wakefield will win, um, is any pressure on WP? Because no. I, I, I think he is making a difference there. Well, if he was the right man for the job six months ago and they've played four games, he's still the right man. Um, but there you go. Um, on Sunday, Huddersfield hammered Salford Red Devils 34-2. We've been asking the Carters to go on for the last few weeks, and I think they're just making excuses now. Because as well, soon as we th- asked them, the Salford is, have gone rubbish. Yeah, they, they should have come on when they were asked because Salford were top of the league. The last two weeks, they, they wouldn't come anywhere near. They're going to come on, apparently, in a, in a few weeks. Um 34-2. I don't think it's the 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 result that's the surprise. I think it's the the gap in the scores. Um, Chris Hill scoring, so that's good for him. Um, I was going to say Wayne Price. Jeez, I'm not even getting the right one. Will Price um, scoring. He, he's off to the NRL apparently. Um, All right. So okay. so that's good for him. Um, in his senior, he's got a couple. Jeremy McGilvery, who's Place in the England squad was questioned by some quizlings last week. He scored. Um, what's his name? McQueen. I don't think he's going to get back in the England squad. Chris McQueen. Gordon McQueen. Hayley McQueen. Gordon. Yeah. Um, he, he, he scored. Mark's need got a goal for Salford, but that's it. They didn't score a try. I mean, that's as ever, coaches will be like, oh, kept them trialless. That's brilliant. And the fans are like, yeah, we scored 34 points. Um, until he Lolly Hay is the best uh, fullback in the competition, Phil. So it's, it's great for him. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially as um, he's not even a fullback, he's a yeah. standoff. But I, I think what we can say is the the Ian Watson Huddersfield that he wanted is starting to materialise. Um, that is a, a comprehensive win uh, in front of their own fans, which can only do the team good. Uh, and he seems to have the players he wants in the positions he wants them to play. Theo Farge back uh, makes a big difference as well. Uh, look a really well-balanced side. The, the slight worry for Salford is that, you know, they got off to a great start, two wins. The two defeats they've had against Hull and now Huddersfield, um, who at the moment are not two sides who are necessarily going to be challenging mm. at Old Trafford, if you were to take the bookies' odds at the moment. I think Huddersfield still will will make the playoffs. I'm, uh, I'm not so sure that Hull will. Um, they're quite comprehensive defeats for Salford. So... Um, yeah, I, I know that Paul Rowley afterwards was very positive. Uh, a, lot, a lot that we can take out of the game. Um, I think this is a big week for him, whole KR. Um, that, that's a team sort of around them in the league that, that he needs to be if, um, if that optimism that, that he says is there is, is, is to be seen as genuine. 
Uh, Huddersfield have got a double header this Saturday. They take on... Oh, it's on the telly against Castleford at three o'clock on Saturday. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Why is that? It's a good question. Oh, it's because they're doing a double header with the Catalans game, is it? Because that is on telly. But that doesn't make they've any got, sense. They've got either. four games, haven't they? Yeah. And I think the the curtain raised to the men's game at Huddersfield is on our league or... Oh, good. Um, I was just about to mention something. that because they play Leeds in the Betfred Women's Challenge Cup Group 2. I've got the fixtures now. That's the sole game on Saturday, so Leeds win. Um, on Sunday... <laughs> Lee Miners Rangers versus Hull, which you'd expect the home team to win because they're in Super League and Hull FC aren't. Uh, the Army take on Warrington. Um, I never found out how long that Warrington player was banned for biting for. I should have done some research into that. Uh, Barrow get a baptism of fire in their first Challenge Cup game because they take on the all conquering Sintelins. Uh, well, that'll York- be good for their coach, Amanda Wilkinson, mm. ex of Wigan, of course. Of course, former grand final winner. Uh, York City Knights travel to Dewsbury Moor and not Witness because uh, Witness are not in the competition. I don't know why. I hope everything's okay at Witness. They've um, they've asked to be given more time to prepare for their championship season. A lot of um, clubs are signing players from uh, in Super League, signing players from championship clubs. I don't know if they're one of the, those who've been affected unduly by that. So York, I mean, what a... What a test for Dewsbury more. I, mean, I guess it depends on what the result is on on Sunday, what kind of team York put out. I mean, obviously, I've got no idea about anything to do with Dewsbury more, but obviously, that would be a huge mismatch. Uh, Bradford versus Wigan. Um, I mean, the main challenge for both teams is get, to get on the pitch at Odsall on, on, on Sunday. Well, Bradford um, won their second pre-season friendly uh, this weekend. They, they look like they've re- started to rebuild quite well. Yeah, I mean, there are there are two teams there who are in a rebuilding phase, in a sense, aren't they? Wigan not quite hitting the heights of where, obviously, winning the grand final a couple of years, well, three years ago, whatever it was now. But speaking of teams rebuilding, Castleford and Wakefield. Wakefield have signed a lot of uh, young players from the uh, championship. Uh, and Castleford have had to do the same as well. But Wakefield have still got a sprinkling of experience in that. I guess Castleford still have as well. Um, but... You know, on paper, I think we, brackets, Wakefield, have got a good chance of picking up the first win in a couple of years, which sounds ridiculous to say, but that's how it is. And uh, Featherstone in the uh, post-Andrea Dobson era, well, they travel to the Alton Raidettes. I don't think it should be Raiderettes. Raidettes doesn't sound right. Mm. But, yeah, but, I think you're right. But, but there you go. It's not my not my decision. Um, but it's good that the women's game is back. I think there's, yes. there's been a long pre-season... A lot of people that we've been speaking to are itching to get out there. And uh, I think the, the NRLW, um, we, we managed to see a little bit of that. Um, the men's competition kicks in this week, but the women have had the first two two rounds to themselves. And apart from the fact that the standard is frighteningly good when you watch it, um, th- there's just a real appetite for, for women's sport at the moment. And uh we need to get playing ASAP because uh, if that's what we're going to be coming up within the coming up against in the World Cup, um, we we need to be on our elite players need to be on the field as much as they can at the moment. It's almost as if for much of this Challenge Cup competition, this is almost like an extended run of pre-season fixtures for the yeah. top teams who should convincingly win their their fixtures. It's obviously a bit tougher for some of those further. Well, no, goes without saying, it's a bit like the. Northern Real Cup used to be. Um, so like, Saints are going to win everything anyway. So said it now. So that's the prediction. Um, I'd like to see more of the NRLW, but it's not on Sky, which I understand why they don't. But I'd like to see more of it. And I, and I, I wonder with the, the the difference in length of match, whether that will be a. I can't imagine it will be a massive factor because. You know, none of the teams over here obviously train full time or anything, so it's not as if we're taking that into account. But it should be an advantage that we play eighty minutes. But I don't. Mm. It's not. It's not going to be an, any advantage at all. Well, <laughs> the other interesting. The other interesting thing about the NRLW is that they're playing two seasons in one year. So this uh, early competition is actually the twenty twenty one season that was delayed, and they're playing again in August. The actual scheduled twenty twenty two season. So whereas normally they would play a lot less games than than we would, there you know, there, there is a case for saying um, it will make them fitter and uh, uh, more attuned. But 
you know, will, will they be suffering a little bit from being overplayed? They've got Origin as well. Um, I think they'll at least have at least one Test match before they come over here. Um, so let's hope they um, beat the crap out of each other. Australia, New Zealand in York for the World Cup. Looking forward Don't miss to that. that. One. Um, Get a ticket. It's like the uh, the South American football where they have two seasons. They have the Apertura and the Clausera, um, and that's what they're doing in Australia, obviously, but uh, but in, in different style. Uh, which delays the inevitable, which is talking about Castleford Tigers, uh, who uh, beat Hull FC in the Lee Radford, Jake Connor exciting contest. Um, have you ever seen a, a try like Daniel Smith's before? I make sure you call no. him Daniel, people. He doesn't like being called Dan. I was told that before interviewing him when he came to Wakefield. Um, brilliant first try from the Tigers. Oh, Nine I'm, seconds. I'm voting that, that for try of the month. Um, hopefully they put it up there, the, the good people at, at Betfred. But um, Greg Eden, who's got a ridiculously good scoring record at Cast. Obviously, he's had issues away from the field he's had to deal with as well while doing that. Um, this is this is a game where you look at the scoreline, you watch the score coming in on Sunday, and, and it's, it's very much a... Let's go and say you score, we score, you score, we score kind of match. The main thing here for Castleford is that they won. Forget anything mm-hmm. else about the defence. The, the only attack. thing. They, especially when they've got um, Paul McShane playing out of position at seven. Uh, I saw someone describing as cost playing at seven. There's one for the uh, the young people. But um, they won. And that is the main thing because they've obviously had not had the best start to the season. Radder's in now, and 10,000 people turned up to watch it, no doubt plenty from Hull as well. Uh, what have been just the 72 added on to that. So a great atmosphere, I'm sure, down at the at the jungle yesterday. And uh, the, the cast faith are rewarded with their first win of the season, which is good to see for them. I think the crowd split was something like 7,500 cast fans, 2,500 Hull fans, which is huge credit to the Hull fans for for going in those numbers, and they will be a little bit desolate with the the way their team played. Um, but if you're going to pack in again a, a ten thousand gate of the jungle, you have to reward them. Mm. Um, and and I think, as you say, Lee Rad will be looking at it, going, "We could have been a lot more convincing. We got off to the most unbelievable start, and we we might have been hanging on a bit at the end." But the only thing that mattered was the two points. Uh, that monkey is well and truly off the back. Um, as you say, Niall Evels not being there, um, I thought was really going to affect their spine. So Gareth O'Brien slipped in at fullback, um, which meant that Paul McShane had to go into the halves. I, I thought that would uh, severely weaken Cass. Um, and actually, it seemed to strengthen them, just McShane having his hands on the ball in the middle of the field with a bit more space than he normally gets at a hooker. The chance to dictate uh, one out um, seemed like it made a bit a, a real difference. It showed how again important he is to to that side when 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 he is playing well then the side tend to win alternatively i i again you know hull to me just seems stuck in a rut at the moment um they, they can't get a settled team they don't seem to be comfortable in the way that they're playing um clearly they've lost luke gale which they'd built a fair bit of their pre-season around um jake connor we we said it didn't we last week um Jake Connor was absolutely outstanding against Salford, had a hand in every try, scored one himself. Absolute outcry that he's not in the uh, England squad on the base of that. The only thing we said last week was if he, could, if he does that every week, he'll be in the England squad. He didn't do it this week. Um, and that's why he isn't in the England squad. And that's why his team lost. Not solely down to him, clearly. But you can't be, you know, 10 out of 10 one week and less than that the next. It, you have to have an, a degree of consistency about you. And to me, Hull just don't seem a balanced side at the moment. Um, more injuries, I think, they picked up this week as well. But, um, yeah, I think um, they look more like the team that was struggling come the end of that game. What is uh, positive in the Championship this week um, is that a lot of very close fixtures, a lot of very close results out there. Uh, Bradford edging past Batley 21 20. Uh, very important result for Bradford, as we've been saying. That, I, know, I know we're four games in, but they haven't had the best of starts. Uh, Featherstone edging out Halifax, which I'm told the, the score flatters Featherstone slightly in that one with that very much try so. to push them, push them through. Uh, but they always obviously have a, a good rivalry between those two sides. Uh, Lee. 
beating uh, Newcastle 34-18. Did that kick off early so uh, Derek could go to the Manchester derby? <laughs> Hopefully not chased by wasps. Um, but, I mean, there's, there's signs there for Newcastle because obviously you know, to, to lose at league, well, you'd expect that, but not, not hammered in terms of the scoreline there. Um, I think uh, the, the thing about those three games as well is all had crowds over mm. 3,000, uh, which, again, is, is very encouraging. Uh, London just beaten by York. So York is still where they're supposed to be, if you watched it last week. London's best display of the season. It's beaten by two in that one, especially coming back from 18-6 down at half-time. Who's London got this week? Oh, it's the Challenge Cup this week, isn't it? So they've got no one. Um, Whitehaven beat Dewsbury 40 points to 12, and again coming from behind at half-time in that one. Uh, again, I mean, I guess the attendances here is a concern because that's 764 there and Workington, Sheffield doesn't have an attendance, but Sheffield, you know, two from two now, but winning by 54 points to four at Workington, we said it was going to be uh, tough for them. And obviously that's uh, proven to be the case because they are rock bottom uh, of the championship. And, and that that is a big defeat for them. But um, yeah, it's a big defeat at home and it's a lot of points to ship in. So you would be concerned about that. Um, the Whitehaven-Dewsbury game, which sort of went under the radar a little bit, that I think is a really interesting one in the, the jockeying for positions towards the, the bottom of the table. Again, you look at matches between sides of similar ability. I think that's a, that's a big win for Whitehaven. We need to get on the uh, Premier Sport gravy train because uh, they're, they're feeding Emma and Ross at half-time a platter of pies... What meat, meat and potato, chicken balti, cheese and onion, and pep and steak, and a dessert selection as well. An assortment of chocolates. I mean, they've just got a tub of heroes, haven't they? A savory selection and a collection of confectionery. So, a bag of Haribo and some cheese. What's so, going on? I don't know. I mean, because this is why everyone hates Hull FCs because they did give you that soup. So, no one's go at Hull. Pies, pies at Huddersfield as well. Wow. A welcome return. I haven't, obviously I haven't. Oh yeah, I saw um, the Carters tweeted that, didn't they? I saw that. Um, having not been to a game uh, this year uh, working, I've not availed myself of any press food yet because I've not had any reason to be at a game pretending to work, as some people do. Um, so as we speak, winners are playing Barrow. We don't know how that's going to finish, but one team will perhaps lose their zero. They have golden point in the championship, do they? I don't know. No. No, so they might not. They might. They might not. They might still be unbeaten at the end of the game. You don't know. You can't. You can't assume these things. Um, Thursday night, Leeds versus Hull. So that's a Leeds win. Um, well, two Leeds players missing: uh, Cameron Smith oh, yes, and Cruz yes. Leeming banned. Cruz Leeming could do the Super League show again. We, we, we haven't heard yet whether there's going to be a frivolous appeal. Though. No, no, they love their frivolity in Leeds. Um, Friday night. Not on telly. Leeds at uh, Wakefield versus Toulouse kicks off at 7.30, so that's good. That, that'll get in the papers in time. That, that's positive. Uh, 7.45, Salford versus Hull KR. That's it. I'd say that's a big game, but I, I, I would back Hull KR to bounce back in that one. Um, I think it's a big game, though, for both teams. I, th- I think it, it's not season-defining, but I think it just, after five games, you've got a fair idea of you know how you're running. And um, you know if Salford go three defeats in a row, you, you'd say a wheel might have slipped off a wagon. <laughs> um, if whole KR win, then um, I think people will start saying uh, that some of the traits yeah. that they were known for last year are, uh, you know, are, are ones that perhaps, you know, would be, uh, would be something to, to, to be excited about if you were a fan of theirs. They're having to do with Lachlan Coot out for a while, aren't they? And, and Danny Richardson's mm. out for, is it three months, I read? so Three or four, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. At least it gives Castleford time to adjust, and obviously they've got that Paul McShane angle now. Um, Castleford at Huddersfield on Saturday afternoon, as we mentioned, three o'clock kickoff. I'm not on the radio this week, so I can watch that. Um, Catalans versus Wigan at six thirty. Also on Saturday, you can have a whole day of rugby league because North Wales oh, Crusaders right. take on Sheffield Eagles in the Betfred Challenge Cup round five at one thirty. Well, um, I will then. Oh well, then they yeah. probably won't probably not be the Huddersfield sure. League <laughs> at the same time. I want women. No, no. Just get, just get someone, someone uh, take your. It's like these people who um, on the internet. Say, oh, I'm, I'm not at Ellen Road. Can someone film the game on their phone? Someone do that at Huddersfield on on Saturday, please. Um, Sunday, in the Challenge Cup, Men's Challenge Cup, uh, Barrow versus Work, and that's on the telly, uh, on the BBC Red Button. Batley versus Fev, 
uh, on the Sportsman. Whitehaven that'll versus be a good, York. That'll be a good game. That will be a good. Batley Fev on the slope. Yeah. That worth watching. Batley Slope, a bit more pronounced than the Featherstone one. No one talks about the Featherstone one because Batley's exists. Uh, Whitehaven versus York. And on Monday, um, we'll probably be still talking. Scott will be doing his predictions at this point uh, because yes. Bradford take on Lee. Unless he gets, will, will he get um, hospitality? Well, well, Nigel well if, he gets, if he gets if he gets the late call for hospitality, we'll be bottled again. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll record it. But um, And I, I, people, people complain about why TV companies pick fixtures, but you can completely understand why a commercial broadcaster would pick Bradford versus Lee, even though the game they showed a couple of weeks ago was completely one-sided, and no doubt this will be as well. But I, I, I hope um, I hope Emma's packed some, some wellies to go pitch side. It looked a bit sandy, didn't it? Yeah. No war of the monster trucks, but um, that, that is next week's fixtures. Well, I think we've done well not to talk about the real life or anything because we don't know anything about that. And um, I don't invent any, I, I, I'm fully in favour of uh, goals that hit the post, get more points, but no one seems to be keen on that. I mean, that would really mess up the records, wouldn't it? How are you going to, how are you going to denote that on the, on the records when they uh, put them all down? I think this is a, we are, we are positive. We are positive about the weekend. Um, if you're not going to a men's game, you've got the women's to go watch and you've got the wheelchair to go watch. There's lots of rugby league to watch. And mm. as we said, you know, the wheelchair games, it's something to support this year with the World Cup, as is the women's. And you can impress your friends when the World Cup comes around by knowing the names of people. Nathan Collins scored nine tries or something yesterday. Or no, nine, nine, goals. Go- nine goals. Nine goals. Two tries, nine goals. He could be in the running for the, the man, uh, not Man of Steel, Golden Boot come the end of the year. Um, well, tell, tell all your friends that, that fact. And like, oh. But yeah, I, I, I kind of wish I'd have done more research. I was more aware of when the games kicked off because I wasn't actually doing it, planned to do anything yesterday. But uh, I'll make sure I get to, to something at some point this year. I wish I knew where all the women's games were. So please, clubs. Sort it out. This is supposed to be a professional sport. I know you're not being paid or anything, but please make the effort. It's all right tweeting about the reserves, but I'm not interested. It's saying it's the top of the reserve league. Who cares? I want to know when the Women's Super League and Challenge Cup games are on. I want to know where the wheelchair games are on. They're going to make you more money in the long term and more interest for your club than the reserves. Sorry. I think um, the, the important thing is that we are getting more double headers for the women as well. So the prominent games we are getting to know about, it's yep. um, it, it's the other ones. The uh, the wheelchair, I am told, is logistically difficult to know too far in advance where the matches are going to be. If, uh, like Leeds, you've got a new base at Leeds Beckett, then that is where they're going to be playing. But I think even Wigan and Warrington found this week with their first home games that um, you know wheelchair rugby league is not first choice in a lot of sports centres. It's it's not marked out for it. The pitch that they need is quite a big one. Um, so you know things like long-standing badminton arrangements <laughs> do take priority. Now the most court space in this country is booked for badminton. It's the by far most popular. Um, indoor sport that is played in in the kind of places that wheelchair rugby league would be played. So I think Warrington played in a local school and Wigan ended up playing in Liverpool in a sports centre. So I can understand why some of those matches you won't find out until almost kickoff where they're going to be played. But get along if you can. Uh, I think Leeds were saying at, at Beckett they had their biggest ever crowd they'd played in front of, which is, which is great. Especially up at the same time as the netball was on. Um, which got mm. more attention for obvious reasons. Um, um, which, funnily enough, they put on YouTube, which yeah. we could have done with Toulouse and Wigan. I'm, no, I'm, I'm never going to understand the varsity game, but there's that's just one of those things. Um, not that it shouldn't exist, just, uh, you know. If they were the two best university teams, I could understand it, but they're not. So, you know, show me Loughborough against Leeds Beckett and I'll definitely watch it, but... And well done to Oxford and Cambridge. Apparently, it was a great game. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what it actually cost, if anything, to um, to, to broadcast that. But it, it did seem to be a strange choice when we couldn't get a game in Super League from Toulouse. I bet uh, Matt didn't. Matt Horton didn't have to deal with the uh, Wakefield Trinity moaners at the uh, the varsity match. Or if they did, they used probably bigger words that he might not have understood. Being from London. <laughs> um, 
Could they play wheelchair rugby league outside? And I'm just throwing this idea out there. Is there any reason why it can't be an outside what, on, a, sport? on a tennis court? Yeah, well, take the nets down, yeah, because that'd be a bit of a bugger. I, uh, I, I, I think not, but uh, it's about as good an idea as getting an extra point if you hit the post with a conversion. Been invented a new sport. Badminton, I have long had the theory. You say it's Britain's most popular indoor sport. I think mixed doubles badminton is a front for another popular in, indoor sport. But the less is said that about to that, do, the better. Is that to do with car keys in a bowl? Possibly so. But uh, I've got no evidence to suggest that this is real. <laughs> but who needs evidence these days? You don't need them. Um, so the magazine's out on Friday. It's already it a new month. I'm, I'm lost. Fini- it's March. Finished last night. Um, obviously, a, a lot of references to the situation in Ukraine and sport being a glorious irrelevance. We've managed to get some uh, quotes from uh, people involved in Ukrainian rugby league and just send them, obviously. It, it's, it's on those without saying all our our thoughts uh, um, you know anything we could do we 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 just want to highlight what's going on over there whether practically that makes any difference i don't know but we just feel that uh, we needed to highlight their plight from a rugby league point of view so that's in there uh, mentioned in a lot of columnist pages as well um yeah the, the big, a big feature on the uh, strategic working group and um, some some interesting columnist comments as well yeah, I don't think I've written about Ukraine. Um, I, I, I think you're the one that didn't. Yeah. Because um, I've not watched the news because I, I don't want to watch it because, you know, it's the world's rubbish enough without seeing it play out live. So, yeah, we remain the same. And, you know, it's good to see everyone in solidarity at the matches. And it, it's it's a gesture. It's probably, you know, no, no, no one in... Uh, I don't know how you pronounce Kiev, the, the proper way, which we now are doing. But, Kiev. Uh, Kiev. But um, I'm, I'm sure no one there is watching the Super League games, but we're, we're thinking of you. You know, Not really much. They appreciate they, they are They are hearing some of the support that they're getting. And, uh, you know, clearly the, the average Ukrainian on the street that is struggling to survive is not really interested that Super League is in solidarity with them. But the people who are involved in Ukrainian rugby league are very grateful for any support that they're getting either on social media or, or messages to them. And uh, whilst it, you know, it, it's not going to do anything other than alleviate the incredible issues that they are suffering with at the moment, just sometimes to know that people care and, and, you know, are thinking of you, it might be all we can do. Um, if it is, we'll keep doing it. As ever, it's always the normal people who suffer for the ill effects of... As I've changed my uh, Twitter thing... Megalomania. Yeah. Megalomania. Warmongers are idiots. That's what I've changed it to. That's that's all I can do. Um, Phil, thank you. Hopefully next Monday we'll be live then. <laughs> and Tuesday. Monday and, and Tuesday. Tuesday we will be live. <clears throat> Excuse me. We probably won't be live as in live live on, on the internet, but you'll be able to watch that back. Uh, later in but the week. you could you could come and come, come to Leeds, come to Leeds to hear us talk about local sports reporting uh, with a panel of experts uh, and us just just sat there um, asking questions. What what is local sports reporting? That kind of thing, because it's changed. Whereas once it was uh, exciting stories of daring do, now it's clickbaity stories about uh, who's not in the England squad and who's done something on social media. But that, that's the world. Nothing we can do. So the magazine's out this week. We're live Monday, fingers crossed. If not, we'll <laughs> podcast and we will be live in Leeds on Tuesday. I will put the link in the description. It's already on our social media. So uh, please come along if you can. If you can't, we'll be uh, back with you uh, later in the week at, with the, uh, the, the programme there. And uh, witness of Scots, and that tells you when we recorded this program. So welcome <laughs> to witness on scoring. Um, Phil, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. We will.
Social Podcast Network. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.